What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of Down to the Wire. We are back once again for another week. And Mason, like, this season just feels like it's gone in, like, a blink, man. Like, it feels like we were just, just yesterday, we were doing our conference previews. And now we're at rivalry week at the end of the season, man. Like, what the heck? Feels a little depressing, doesn't it? Like, it's just snap of the finger and it was gone. I don't I don't feel good about it because now we're going to be staring down the barrel of like nine months without football. I'm really not looking forward to it. So it's kind of depressing. It never seems fair to have three months of college football and then have to go 100 months of no college football. <laughs> it, it, they need to find a way to even it out a little bit just to make people like us happy. But, <laughs> you know. I guess they're doing their best, but whatever. Listen, we have to we have to be going for scraps during spring practice to f- have something to talk about, you know, talk about the backup kicker role, you know, the competition there, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Little clips that's, that's, here, here and there from the teams. Yeah. Great, yeah, really can't look forward to that. And, and stupid spring, uh, the spring games. That oh yeah, yeah. Basically, you learn nothing from. <laughs> Uh, let, let's not keep depressing ourselves, Mason. We have a great week of games. And, you know, I kind of feel bad because last week we we're like, yeah, there's really not very many great games last week. What the freaking heck happened? Dude? <laughs> like, what was in the water last week that it basically was survival weekend for all of these top five teams, except for one, uh, Tennessee. Frauds. Ooh. Absolute Ooh. frauds now. Getting run out the building by oh. south carolina south carolina bro spitzer rattler what do you think about that boy all right Let's so go. i was gonna come on this podcast and do the same thing announce tennessee as frauds <laughs> because i did it a couple weeks ago but then hendon hooker got hurt so i was gonna dial it back a little bit i wasn't gonna say anything but you started <laughs> it so tennessee is some frauds it's about time get get them out of here i am so happy that your boy spencer rattler decided to just have the game of his life so freaking bring it on. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm glad I could pull that out of you, man. It's <laughs> like, listen, this is one thing that had been driving me up the wall the past couple of weeks from the national media and national talking heads when they talk playoff. Because all they want to talk about is TCU, how TCU is going to lose and TCU's <laughs> frauds and their defense is bad. Defense is bad, bro. Yeah. He gave up like 100 points to South Carolina, to a South Carolina offense that couldn't even score an offensive touchdown the week before <laughs> against Florida. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Tennessee's going to get in once, you know, Michigan and TCU lose. And then they're like, yeah, TCU's bad because their defense. And doesn't say a single word about this garbage Tennessee defense that Spencer Rattler decided that he was going to play like everybody thought he could actually play when he came out of high school. Like, what the heck, man? Oh, it was just so, so sweet. You know their goalpost is sitting at the bottom of the river out there in Tennessee, just like, what the heck did I did this happen to me for? Listen, I don't know if you let, – let's not go that far, okay? They still broke a 15-year streak to Bama, so I'll still give them that. But other than that, with their, like, like nope. you know, listen, you can, you know, be no that much of, I'm not going to be that much of a hater, but they are some frauds now. But yes. come on, man. There, there is a time. reason that thing is, is at the bottom of the river. They but were still. exposed <laughs> by Spencer Rattler. That's all I by got. Spencer Rattler, That's man. Spencer freaking Rattler. <laughs> My boy, Heisman, man, Heisman. Heisman gosh, He's going to come back here. next year and come for the Heisman, right? 
<laughs> no, man, that game was insane. You told me you didn't even freaking watch it. I didn't. I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> I remember it was, uh, I didn't even check it till probably about midway through the third, almost into the fourth, and I saw the score. And I was like, no, I'm good. That's all I needed to see. All I needed to see was South Carolina up by 20 or whatever it was. <laughs> Listen, all of their drives, but one ended in a touchdown. And the only drive that didn't was a three and out right after halftime. And then other than that, touchdowns. That's what they get. This is what Tennessee gets for trying to run up the score on Missouri. It's just karma. Karma is coming back on them. That's all. That's it. It's just, it's just karma. <laughs> Well, I watched it for both of us. And <laughs> okay, like good. honestly, it like I kind of enjoyed it. I've been <laughs> I will say this, I was kind of rooting for Tennessee, but then like getting all of the like whenever any time that LSU was brought up on playoff, being the LSU fan that I am, getting like just annoyed by anybody saying, "Oh, well Tennessee blew out LSU at home by like four touchdowns or blah blah blah. There's no way they're getting in." Well, clowns look at yourself now all right there's no way you're getting in now no shot it's over okay the best team you've had and the comparisons the utter idiocy of these people to try and compare themselves and national talking in heads comparing them to the 2019 lsu offense or 2019 lsu team you played yourself Get out of here, okay? Jalen Hyatt is nowhere close to Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. And Cedric Tillman can't even, like, compare to freaking Terrence Marshall, okay? <laughs> Let's get out of here with this talk, all right? Joe Burrow the GOAT, don't even think about it, okay? Get out of here. And you know what? We can't even compare them to the second team, and that's the 2020 Alabama uh, team. The greatest so, team of all time? The, the, for second, sure. the second best team. You okay? can't compare oh, them to the greatest team that. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for another day. <laughs> uh, that's coming, by the way, people, okay? Stay tuned. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, like, it was, I, I was so impressed with South Carolina because they were down. I think like they were down a good bit of people. I think they were like, didn't have any running backs. So instead of playing a running back, they played their tight end at running back (laughs) and he looked fine. Like, Oh my gosh, dude, like what the heck? And then just Spencer just went off. dude. Like he, like he legitimately played like everybody thought he could play at Oklahoma and hoping that he could be out South Carolina. Now, can they do it again next week? Who knows? Nope. Okay, but <laughs> cannot. you got you got to feel good for him uh, and for for old Shane Beamer Beamer Ball over there. So that was really good. That was the team that didn't survive, Mason. Okay, let's talk about the teams that did survive though, and let's start with the media's hatred of of TCU. Okay, TCU and, and Courtney and I watched this game mostly. They did not look good, and they still found a way to win, which is impressive, right? It's always good to find a way to win ugly, which is what they did. And um, I would I wouldn't say I came out of the game impressed by them. I would just say it's good that they found a way to win the w- the way that they did because I feel like every kind of playoff team is going to have to go through something like that. And TCU just was able to pull it out for some reason. I don't know how they did it, but um, I, I just was not expecting them to come out and look as bad as they did. Um, and so for them to pull it out, it was just really great for that. And I think kind of where I would go with it is more of like the 
almost I would say downfall kind of of how Baylor played at the very end. Um, they just it was like they had a chance to win the game. They had a, the final drive, and after the um, they went, I think it was what three and out or something like that. And then once that happened, it just kind of felt like TCU had the game in the bag. They were able to put together an awesome drive at the end. And I got to be honest, that last second play that they had was absolutely insane to me. I don't know how, as a coach, you can sit there and just absolutely run the ball with 10 seconds left and no timeouts left and feel have the sack big enough to actually call a play like that and get your kicker out there. It was That was insane to me. What the heck are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> it's and it's not even just like doing like it was third down, Mason. Yeah, you, like there was no choice to even <laughs> spike the ball to get your guys ready. So you do a like, why are you running the ball? Like, why not at least pass it? Okay, yeah, and if it's not there, throw it away, and then you kick a field goal. But instead, <laughs> you run it and run the risk of just something going wrong the player holding on to a guy some being somebody being slow somebody on the sideline not paying attention and not getting lined up like and the kicker didn't even like actually get his steps like he just like stood no. up there all right let's go you know like i mean Jeez. it's impressive but still, it was like what in the freaking world dude and, and you he, know he got the kickoff with a second left it was yeah. insane yeah <laughs> it's like dude you know that if it didn't work out that that would be the laughing stock of oh, Twitter yeah. and of college football of everywhere, man. Big time. But it worked out, man. <laughs> so, like, kudos to them. But, yeah, I mean, Baylor definitely just blew the game. Definitely blew it, man, because they had it. They were dominating the whole time, and then TCU just pulled it out, man. And, like, it, it's, it's really unreal how, like, looking at the game, Baylor dominated basically the whole time. And they still lost. And, and that, that's just been how it's been for Baylor this season and a lot of their games. I mean, even West Virginia, they were playing really well. And then, you know, they just kind of gave it away. Same thing here. So it, it is got really disappointing for Dave Aranda. Uh, it is his second year, but still, I mean, you had a shot to upset the number four team in the country and, and even kind of put yourself back in position possibly to maybe make it to the Big 12 championship game again. And because of, of that, Man, and turnovers and everything else really fell short there. So that was really unfortunate for them. But and it was at home too. That's what felt kind of weird about it. Normally, when teams have a lead like that and also possession at the end of the game, it kind of they're able to pull it through at home. But it just felt like Baylor wasn't having it towards the end. Yeah. So I mean, just looking at the uh, the stats, the team stats uh, from the game. Um, I mean, it it was pretty even, you know. Um, well, it wasn't pretty even. I'll, I'll say this: when it comes to turnovers, it was even. So both of them, both teams had an interception. TCU's was towards the end of the game where you thought it was over after that, right? Um, Baylor, here's what here's what Baylor did: they were six of fourteen on third down, and then on top of that, they were two for three on fourth down. Okay, so they stayed on the field. They had. 501 total yards of offense okay 269 through the air uh for nine yards per pass and then they ran it for 232 and averaged five yards a carry man insane only had three penalties 14 yards i mean they possessed the ball for almost 34 minutes i mean 
you run the ball for over 200 yards, you expect to win, right? And and, and they didn't. Um, and, and that's just – it's unreal. It, it really is unreal. Uh, and like you said, after um, – after uh, – where was it? I'm looking at the uh, the drives here. And – so TCU had the uh, had the touchdown to so so here's what happened uh, TCU fumbled the ball uh, and gave it up to um, to Baylor when they were only down one and then Baylor goes down and scores a touchdown. After that, TCU gets the ball back and they go three and out punt. Okay, Baylor gets the ball back with what was it? They get it I'm back sure with about minutes eight minutes left. left yeah. And they go three and out. So they go three and out and then give the ball back to TCU. So TCU gets the ball, 11 plays, 90 yards. They had to go basically the full length of the field. They score a touchdown to get within two, and then they go for two and don't get it. And so after they missed that two-point play, you thought it was over because you know they had to kick off the ball to Baylor with basically two minutes left, two minutes and seven seconds. Yeah. And Baylor... Three and out, man. Only took 33 seconds off the clock. Only went eight plays, and they had to punt it, man. And then from there, TCU was able to get a drive uh, with no timeouts uh, whenever they got the ball with a minute and a half left. So really good end-of-game scenarios for TCU. They really – I mean, the the drives they needed to get stops on defense, they did. And you know what? You might not have a great defense – but your defense was good enough to create timely turnovers. And when you needed the stops, they were good enough to get the stops. And that's really all you can ask for at this point. And, and so, you know, are they going to finish the season undefeated? I don't know. They could, but I mean, like, let's not even try and compare them to Tennessee at this point. Like let's yeah. stop. And I gotta be honest. I'm really not looking forward to them playing Georgia in the first round. If that's what happens. I just feel like that's going to end up being a disgusting game. I'm I'm pretty much rooting for USC at this point to get the, <laughs> get the four seed. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, let's go on to talk about USC then. They had a big night game against UCLA. Uh, we both picked in our picks UCLA in that game. We both felt uh, pretty comfortable with that pick. And uh, if it wasn't for DTR throwing three interceptions, they probably go and win the game, but they didn't. Uh, USC somehow is plus 20 in the turnover margin this year, which is absolutely insane. And Caleb Williams freaking went off after having a bad first quarter and they win 48 to 45, man. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, to me, that was just typical USC right now. Like they have an awesome offense and then an absolute hot garbage defense. So if they're playing anybody like, like UCLA, who has a really good offense, it's going to be an absolute shootout. And they were able to pull it out at the end because Caleb Williams just went Superman on them. And that was really awesome to see. I know we both really like Caleb Williams. Um, so that's, let's listen, I, I like USC. And like I said, I'm kind of rooting for them to get the last spot over TCU. I don't know if they can finish out the season undefeated or with one, only one loss. I, I kind of feel like they're either going to slip up this week or in the, in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I think we both kind of agree on that. Uh, and, and the main thing, again, it goes back to defense. And they really haven't shown 
this year. Maybe, okay, maybe the Oregon State game, maybe you can say that, but they haven't had that game where they have they had didn't have their fastball on offense that they had to win it defensively. You could maybe point to the Oregon State because it was low scoring and ugly, but like it, it to me, it wasn't a TCU um, Baylor type performance where their defense basically had to hold strong at the end, and their offense came back and won. They're just winning shootouts against you know teams that are comparable to them, and they're going to go up against a really tough and and really going Notre Dame team this week. They're very fortunate that they're playing at home and not going to South Bend, where it's probably going to be nasty yet again. Uh, but or I mean, whether they play Oregon or Washington in the conference championship game, both of those teams are good enough to beat this USC team. So yeah, I think we're both kind of there. Um, and again, man, UCLA is a really good team. They have a really good team this year. Um, and they started giving fits in the first quarter to USC's offense, which I thought was a really good sign. And then USC just kind of popped off in the second quarter. But um, DTR played yeah, really it. well, too. But again, the issue was turning the ball over. Yeah, and I'll say this. I was really impressed uh, with UC, uh, USC's ability to kind of bring in their other running back. I know um, their starter got hurt last week. I think he's out for the season, right? Tore yeah. up his knee or something. Yeah, he's done for the year. And then it was what? Austin Jones was able to come in. And, I mean, he had a really good game. 21 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, you can't ask for more than that, honestly. So, if they're able to kind of keep their running game going where it was and still have Caleb Williams coming along like they are, I mean, that's a really tough offense to stop. And that, like I said, I would just love to see that in the playoffs. Instead of TCU's pumpkin offense. <laughs> You're going to keep going with the TCU hate now, huh? Okay, I, I see how it is. I see how it is. I'm trying but, to speak it into existence. So they just kind of flame out. Listen, what's wrong with both of them being in, dude? <laughs> Over who? Well, Michigan plays Ohio State this week, so one of them's going to be out. Uh, so there's two spots. Come on. Yeah. Can we get all three of them out? <laughs> Okay, let's talk Michigan and Illinois then. That's another one that escaped, <laughs> and it was an ugly, ugly game. It was um, really gross. 19 to 17. I really didn't watch much of it because it was so bad. And old school Big Ten football, ugly terribleness. It doesn't seem like Michigan could pass the ball, which doesn't look great when they're about to go play Ohio State. Uh, what were your thoughts and takeaways on this? Blake Corum got hurt in the second quarter and only played one play in the second half, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, for for this coming up week, but again, they found a way to win against a good defensive Illinois team with Chase Brown, the nation's leading rusher, and they found a way to win. But again, it wasn't pretty. Watching this game just makes me no like believe fully in my heart that if Michigan played any type of difficult schedule this year, they would have had three losses. Like I just, I really don't think they're that good of a team this year. To me, like if you're they're one-dimensional right now, and like you said, like their running back just got hurt, and he's been their best player the entire year. So if you're counting on one guy and he gets hurt, that's a recipe for a disaster, especially coming up against Ohio State. And like to me, you can't be one-dimensional in college football right now, and that's that's all they are, and that's what they were last year. And you saw what happened; they got absolutely murdered by Georgia. And honestly, I would was I could see that happening again this year if they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think the big thing that everybody was kind of hoping for when it came to Michigan was that J.J. McCarthy would be able to take a step, and he has that mobility that uh, the other guy didn't have. Um, and we're hoping that their wideouts would start stepping up. 
But like their coaching staff never really gave them a chance through the whole year to really like become that because all they wanted to do is be like, hey, let's just win the game and run the ball and not put ourselves in risky situations, which in like one sense is smart. Like you're doing what you're doing best, but then at, you know, the other expense of like, Hey, like, you know what you're about to play at the end of the year. Like you're going to have to pass the ball. Like this isn't the same Ohio state teams that they're going to play the same Ohio state defense that couldn't stop anybody the past three or four years. Like you're going to have to pass the ball and you haven't built that part of your game with an easy schedule. You know, like you have an easy schedule, take advantage of it by using those games to get better at areas that you're not great at. And if it needs to come down to like, hey, there might be a game, hey, we just need to run the ball to get out of here, then that's fine. But like, that's what they did every week. And it almost cost him this week. Honestly, so like I watched the final drive that Michigan have to get the game winning field goal. And I don't know if you saw it or not, but, you know, they had a pass interference call that got him into territory. Um, that was somewhat questionable. But but literally the play before that, um, I think it was a fourth down play. And they ran, like, you know, the plays that people run where it's like a swing pass to like a running back or a tight end, but they have a guy that's blocking downfield, but the pass is behind the line of scrimmage so you can block downfield. They basically ran that play, but the guy caught the ball a yard or two past the line of scrimmage. So it should have been an obvious offensive pass interference call. And there's no way that they're going to get a, you know, fourth and 16, fourth and 17 play. And it wasn't called. So like super fortunate that it wasn't called there. Right. And so like, man, if I'm Michigan, if I'm a Michigan fan, I better hope that somehow, some way that this offense is actually like better than what they've actually shown all year, which you have really no reason to believe other than your fandom. Yeah, hoping, they're, you they're know? definitely not. <laughs> so like, man, I mean, I, Ohio state is, is a flawed team in itself on offense too. They haven't looked amazing the past couple of weeks either, but you're going to have to do something better than just running the football, especially if you want to do what you hope to do. Right. So. Yeah. And I'll say like, Honestly, probably like two weeks ago, this felt like it was actually going to be a pretty competitive Final Four playoffs, like whatever you wanted to go with it. I felt like there was a lot of directions that you could go. Now it just feels like it's starting to flame out a little bit. And I know that's like recency bias and seeing Michigan and TCU both really struggle and have to kick game-winning field goals. But I don't know, man. It just feels like Georgia's running away with it and Ohio State may or may not be able to throw a haymaker at them, but... I don't know. That's just kind of where I am at, where I'm at with it. Well, let's go to Georgia then. Uh, Georgia won against Kentucky. It also wasn't really pretty. Uh, Kentucky really shut themselves in the foot. They Honestly, if they are able to take advantage of the points that were on the field for them, this is like a one possession, like whenever they had the ball last, they could have had a chance to win the game type thing for Kentucky. They drove the ball into Georgia territory, I think, four or five times and only scored one time. Uh, and and one, that one time was a touchdown. Um, Kentucky's defense kept Georgia's offense in check. They gave up a lot of rushing yards, but they basically played the game of, hey, we don't think that you're going to be patient enough to just run the ball against us. And Georgia wasn't. They weren't patient enough just to run the ball. And whenever they got into short yardage situations, like on the goal line stand and even on some fourth downs or close third downs, they couldn't get a yard when they needed it. 
which I think has been kind of a constant issue with Georgia with their running game. When they actually need the tough yards, they haven't been able to get it against quality opponents. Uh, Missouri and Kentucky as those options, they haven't been able to get it. And they honestly, they're just fortunate that Kentucky is piss poor on offense, just to be honest. Um, and you can say whatever you like. You can come up with the excuse of, you know, you know, Georgia was just packing it in. They weren't trying to like blow them out. They were just like, no, like if you're going to if anybody's going to sit here and tell me Georgia is head and shoulders above everybody else, then they go and blow out that bad Kentucky team. Like it's not it's not a 10 point game. You only score 16 points. Like it's not that. Right. Like you don't struggle against Missouri. You know, like they this is what I'll say about Georgia. They unequivocally have some of the best wins of the season. And that's Oregon and Tennessee, like dominant wins that show like, hey, when they're on, like it's going to be tough for anybody to beat them. But like they they have not yet this whole season consistently played that way week in and week out. And that's the problem with Georgia is that you have an offense that can be good. You have a defense that's played pretty well, but hasn't really been tested by a great offense besides one time, and and they took care of business. But, again, I personally, I don't think they're this big juggernaut where it's them and everybody else. That, that's my opinion of them, uh, just based on everything else that I've seen this, this so far this year. I wouldn't necessarily say they're a juggernaut, but I do feel like they're on a different level than everybody else. Like, to me, I kind of take the Kentucky game with a grain of salt a little bit because it just kind of felt like that was a, a game where Kentucky basically just threw the kitchen sink at Georgia because, like, this was a game that they basically had circled the entire year because Kentucky felt like they were the, the second best or the best team in the East this year. And so it felt like Kentucky knew they had to go through Georgia. And so this was a game that they were looking forward to the entire season. That, that was just my opinion of it. But, like, I understand what you're saying, like, with their consistency. Because if you're going to be a championship team, you have to consistently do it the entire season. And they really haven't. Um, but I, I agree with it more on the with the Missouri game because they just honestly just, like, flat out looked like a bad team in that one. They should have lost but, the game. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. But that, like, I I just kind of – I would say that, like I said, they're just not – they're not a juggernaut. Like, we've just kind of – gotten used to having like an insane team right now like in the past like five years there's always just been a team that is head and shoulders above everybody I don't think we necessarily have that but I do think that Georgia is probably the better team in the nation right now over everybody else like I do think it, it's Georgia a little step down Ohio State big step down Michigan TCU USC LSU like everybody else behind them I mean I can I can maybe look at that I- I don't know if it's as big of a step down. I think it's a. I don't know if it's as big of a step down between Georgia. Ohio. I think it's probably the same step down between Georgia, Ohio State, and Ohio State in the next two, three, four teams. Um, okay, and yeah. well, we're gonna find out this. We weekend. are gonna find out for this sure. Weekend for sure. Uh, so, so let's talk about the the last uh, team on the list that that did struggle this week, uh, and that's Ohio State. The score showed a, a blowout but it wasn't uh they got a lucky score at the end basically you know it was the last second drive they did a pick six basically whenever maryland was trying to come down after giving up a touchdown with 30 seconds left so it was honestly it was a one score game they scored last second to, to win basically and, and they escaped against maryland um cj stroud didn't have the best game uh in this one uh which is a little disappointing to see uh, if you're an Ohio State fan against Maryland, 
Um, he was only 18 of 30, uh, only passed for one touchdown. Uh, he did pass for 241. The thing that was encouraging, though, is that basically your third string freshman running back went off uh, for 27 carries for 146 and three touchdowns, averaging 5.4 yards a carry. So that was encouraging uh, that you were able to run the ball, which hasn't been a strength for you all season. But again, it is Maryland, so take that with a grain of salt. So, so what, what was your thoughts on the Buckeyes against Maryland this week? Yeah, it just kind of felt like it was a look-ahead game. Like they were basically overlooking Maryland because they knew they could kind of do whatever they wanted and because they had Michigan coming up. So it just felt like they were looking ahead to Michigan the entire time. Uh, the unfortunate part is it just like I've been waiting for C.J. Stroud to like take a stranglehold on the Heisman. And he just hasn't done it yet. Like, this would have been a perfect game for him to go out and put up 403 touchdowns and just didn't happen. So it just keeps coming back to I have no idea who's going to win the Heisman. And Listen, you were just, telling it, me it was C.J. Stroud's to lose I last still think week. It's his, I still think it's his to lose. I just want him to go out and win it instead of just not instead losing it. Instead of winning it, it you know by default. I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I want him to go out and actually take the Heisman instead of just being like, given the Heisman just because he's been him. So. <laughs> yeah, man. And and I didn't really watch much of the game, but Maryland's not that great of a football team. I mean, they can score. Um, so, but that's about it. And, you know, to his little brother that played at Thompson, it's kind of good to see him play a little better, uh, play a good game out duel. Breaking some records out there too. Yeah, he, man, he, he played well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for like, for at least for both Michigan and Ohio State, it definitely felt like both of those were look-aheads. Um, yeah. It was maybe a little bit more surprising for Michigan because Illinois is a really good team. Um, but those were definitely definite look-ahead spots uh, for sure. Um, another game, uh, probably a couple more games that we'll talk about from last week, Oregon survives against Utah. They beat Utah for the first time in like three years, I think it was, or something like that. And, and it wasn't pretty. It was 20 to 17. Cam rising through three interceptions. Bo Nix was obviously still hurt, but he gutted it out and won, didn't turn the ball over, which was the difference. And they win uh, and are in the driver's seat to get to the Pac 12 championship to face USC. Just have to win this week. So, so what were your quick thoughts on that one? Yeah, uh, it's crazy how deep the Pac 12 actually is right now. Like, this was a really fun game. Um, and I just really hope. But at this point, Bo Nix can get healthy and be ready for the U- for them playing USC as long as they make it there, obviously. I just think that uh, Oregon-USC would be an insanely fun game for a Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I think it would be great for a Pac-10, uh, Pac-12 championship. Just because like, they kind of are like two different types of offenses. Like Oregon really likes to run the yeah. ball. USC likes to pass the ball. And I think it would be really fun to watch. I think that would be great. Yeah, that- it would be for sure. Um, another game, our beloved North Carolina Tar Heels <laughs> and uh, Drake May uh, just completely destroy us by losing to freaking Georgia Tech, a head coach, a, a head coachless Georgia Tech team, and you gave Drake May <laughs> the kiss of death by picking us, baking him for our fantasy this week, man. What the heck, dude? The ACC is hot garbage. If one of the teams you're going that's going to your championship game loses to a head coachless Georgia Tech, 
we just gave them too much love last week. That's Ugh, it. That's all man. it was. We we hyped them up, make them, made them sound awesome, and then they came out and just decided to make us look stupid. So <laughs> and, that's how it kind of goes. And Drake May has lost the Heisman, so he's not even a, oh, he's sure. not even in yeah. contention anymore. Didn't have a touchdown through an interception. It's over. It was nice knowing yeah. you this year, Drake May. Dude, this one freaking surprised the crap out of me. Uh, and maybe I shouldn't be as surprised just because of everything that's kind of going around on the outside, but Arkansas destroying Old Miss. KJ Jefferson actually played, so Arkansas can actually play like Arkansas on offense uh, and not look uh, horrible. And also, Hare per- Perkins wasn't on the field uh, giving them nightmares. But they destroy Ole Miss 42 to 27, and it was only that close because Ole Miss scored 21 in the fourth. Uh, dude, what the heck happened here? Look, 10 and 2 Arkansas is coming out. That's all it was. All look, they've lost what five games this year. KJ Jefferson's been hurt for two of them. You give them the two wins, you give them a made field goal against Texas AM. Boom, 10 and 2. This was my plan the entire time. This was the vision right here. All look, KJ Jefferson just had to stay healthy. Hey, Mason, it doesn't matter. They're six and five, dude. They're just now eligible for yeah. a bowl. Okay, get out of here with your clown take. You're ten and two with the Arkansas. Okay, but, okay. <laughs> real realistically, this just felt like Lane Kiffin has one step out the door at Ole Miss, and he knows it. And so it was, they were they just weren't ready for the game. They felt like game plan was off, and it just it seems like it's, Lane like is gone. dude, the box score was so weird. If you look at it, like have you looked at the box score for this or the team stats no, for I this? Haven't. All right, listen to this, okay. Guess how many yards Old Miss had in this game? Three twenty-four. <laughs> Old Miss had seven hundred and three total yards in this game, dude. Seven hundred and three. And that, like, it wasn't like, oh, they just like went for fourth and didn't get a fourth down all the time. <laughs> they were two for three on fourth downs. The problem oh, was they turned the ball over three times, okay? But still, how do you have over 700 yards of offense, okay, <laughs> and only score 27 points? How does that happen? <laughs> I mean, Arkansas had 503, so it's not like Arkansas didn't do anything, but like 703 yards? So it's not like they're like it was a horrible game plan offensively. Like they did something good if you get 700 yards. <laughs> My God, dude. But yeah, man, like it definitely like I think it was two things. One, it was like Supreme let down from the Bama game last week being in it. And then you go. They basically were in the LSU spot, right? Like you play Bama, you come close to winning and then you go on the road to Arkansas and Arkansas is a tough opponent. And then, two, you add in all the smoke between Lane Kiffin and Auburn and everything going on there. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a couple minutes. But um yeah man but i mean like it's just insane how, like how do you get over 700 yards you're right they ran it for 463 like who does that besides the service academies dude like like who does that then they have two guys over 200 judkins and evans oh, let me look right? i think they were i think they both were yeah 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 judkins 24 for 214 and zach evans 17 for 207 <laughs> that's insane <laughs> like what the heck two dude? guys over 200 <laughs> and you lost <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what the heck <laughs> uh, rocket sanders uh ran for 232 so that was nice 
gosh, dude, what the heck? <laughs> he averaged 9.7 yards a carry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it unreal, dude. It was absolutely unreal. But, yeah, it, it like that's just like one of those weird things that just happened. It was just one of those weird weird outcomes. Um, Let's see. I think maybe one more that I wanted to talk about. I believe maybe Oklahoma beats Oklahoma state. Um, not super surprising. Oh, listen, how can, listen, how can we forget and leave out our Vanderbilt Commodores? Okay. <laughs> Winning two in a row, dude, beating the right. Florida Gators. And it wasn't even, it really wasn't that close. 31 to 24. And it didn't feel that close. Like Vandy, dominated that game dude all right maybe you could pull up the sec standings real quick to fact check me but i'm pretty sure if lsu beats texas a&m this weekend texas a&m will be dead last in the sec completely i don't i don't remember if that's correct but i'm pretty sure it is they will be absolutely dead last in all of they will be dead last and um (laughs) they would be dead last and even if somehow a&m wins right they're tied for dead last with vandy there is nothing better that can happen to a&m other than being tied with vanderbilt and the sec standings dude oh i love it shout out to vandy what anchor a year. down dude what a let's season. go <laughs> anchor down let's go did you see did you see the um stadium at that texas a&m oh yeah i saw it Let, let's talk man. about it man they uh beat powerhouse umass 20 to 3. 20 to 3, Mason. It was the 12th man out there. They actually had 12 guys in they the stadium. Exactly so I guess 12. that's kind of where they yeah. get their 12th, day, 12th man from. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Jimbo, I'm ready for you to be gone. Oh, buddy. my gosh. Dude. Maybe just wrap up and take it. Just go here. Devin A-Chain has uh, opted out, so he's not even going to play. So they basically have no yeah, offense. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> you can, like, this is a Texas a I think the line on this game was just stupid. I was like, dude, that's free money. The line was like A&M like minus like 32. And I don't think, I don't think they've even scored 30 points all year. There's no way. They No, I, I'm sorry. I take that back. I take that back. They have scored... 30 points one time this year and it was their first game of the year against sam houston and it was only 31 okay well they obviously haven't played tennessee because they would have put up probably probably well 40 41 they only put up 23 against arkansas and arkansas's defense is just as bad dude okay (laughs) but like freaking umass was one and nine they're a horrible football team and he only scored well, It was only a 10-point game. It was only half. a 10-point <laughs> game until, like, the fourth quarter, dude. And you scored 20 oh, points. Man. It was free money. Like, if I bet money and you could sports bet <laughs> yeah. in Alabama, I would have bet definitely put money on UMass to cover the money line because there's, no there's no way, one, <laughs> that Texas A&M was going to score more than 30 points. And, two, there's no way, like, there's just no way that they could win by 32. There was no way. That was free money, no. dude. <laughs> oh my gosh they're so bad they're about to be texas four and eight dude texas four and eight. 
Oh my god. You've been calling been that calling one for a while. It. Oh, when how long have I been calling that, Mason? I think I called that. I need Let me to... pull up the schedule real quick. I'm pretty sure I've been calling it since they lost to South Carolina. I've been calling it. I need you to be completely honest with me. Did you start it off as a joke or were you being serious? I was like, honestly, whenever I started going <laughs> Texas four and eight, that was after me looking at the like at first I like first said it as a joke. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just like look at it. And then I looked at the schedule after they lost to South Carolina. I was like, dude, this is like legit. Oh, this is, like yeah. I honestly think this might happen. Okay. And it freaking happened, dude. I, I honestly, <laughs> I just feel kind of really happy about it. Like I really do. Like this whole troll yeah. job that we've been doing all year has really paid off. And if it wasn't, it's been so if it wasn't it. for the freaking Arkan frauds, it would be worse. Okay. But you know, beggars can't be choosers. I'll freaking take them being forward. Me, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, so congrats Vanderbilt. You are, uh, at least not the worst. <laughs> in the SEC yeah, this season. Oh gosh, I was never <laughs> expecting this. Listen, if you are somebody uh that bet on their win total, I think their win total is like two and a half. Dude, you cash that ticket in early this season, man. You're feeling, You're feeling great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh I think that's it. I think that's all I want to talk about from this week. Uh any other thoughts that you had from last week? Are you ready to move on? Uh you're a, you're oh, you're, well, you uh, your typical you're, yeah, you're, you're UCF uh, Golden <laughs> yeah, Knights. Uh, just got yeah. look that game was coming. They got Gus, Gus always just drops a bummer game, so that's yeah, they, that's what it was. they got Gus, man. <laughs> look, Gus is still riding hot down here in Orlando, so we're good. <laughs> Hometown hero. <laughs> it's okay. You lose to the military. It's okay. Like you, you can you can you can be okay with that, right? <laughs> yeah, you're doing a solid for your country when you do that. So. Okay, well, Mason, um, so we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, typically, we record it Tuesdays after the college football rankings have released. So we don't have that in front of us. With that, we do have the AP. Um, and so let's maybe try and do some projecting on maybe what the playoff rankings will look like. Not all of them, obviously. We'll probably just go top six um, and think if they're going to really... What it's been and what it seemed like is most of the time it's really kind of matched what the AP has looked like. but obviously who freaking knows what the committee is going to do. So we can do some projecting there and then maybe uh, kind of continue our conversation from last week uh, where we're talking about how this might actually end up shaping up. Um, but just to give you guys the rankings from the AP, it's Georgia one, Ohio state two, Michigan three, TCU four, USC jumps two spots after beating UCLA, LSU state at six. Uh, and then uh, Clemson jumped up a couple of spots at seven. Um, so that's your top seven in the AP. Um, are we thinking that it's probably going to end up that be, being that way in the college football playoff rankings? And do you think it should be that way? Uh, yes, I do. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they tried to squeak in uh, USC to the top four. But I don't know if they would bump an undefeated TCU or an undefeated Michigan. I definitely don't think they would bump an undefeated Michigan because I think they want that that 2-3 matchup this week for the Ohio State-Michigan game. So it it wouldn't really surprise me too much if they tried to bump TCU and put in uh, USC. I think there's no shot for that. Not with USC already having a loss. I don't think so. If USC were undefeated, then I was like, okay, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, And honestly, 
I'll, I'll ask you this. Who has a better win right now, USC or LSU? USC or LSU? Uh, I mean, probably LSU against Alabama. So, like, here's my thing. Are we just going to say just because USC beat UCLA last week that they should jump well, let LSU? Me, let me pull this up real quick. Because they've been by, they've been behind them the whole time. And then yeah, all we're going to say is, oh, you beat UCLA. We're just going to go ahead and bump you up. I mean, USC's, USC's schedule point. is crap. For some reason, I thought they beat Utah and lost to somebody else, but I am wrong about that. Yes. Yeah, I mean... that That's my only argument is, listen, the committee has had LSU ahead of USC for a reason. And if we're just going to yeah. say, oh, they beat UCLA, then I'm just going to be like, dude, like, we beat Ole Miss, which at the time was a top 10 team, and then we beat Bama, which is still one of your top teams. So, like, our wins are better than yours, and you've had us as a two-loss team ahead of them basically this whole time. So... That's my only argument, but I mean, I could see it either way. And honestly, it doesn't really matter at this point because if LSU beats Georgia at this point with Tennessee losing, I feel a lot more comfortable saying that they're in um, with that. Um, and I don't think it really matters because Michigan's going to be out. So you're on the I mean, boat. I'm a little now. bit more on the boat. Well, I'm on the boat on if we win. <laughs> I'm not saying that we are going to win, but I'm on the boat saying, hey, if we somehow do pull it off, I feel a little bit more comfortable with it because I also think like what you think that USC or TCU is just going to blow it. <laughs> That's just what I feel like. Yeah. I just, I, f- I feel like the committee doesn't want TCU to be in the top four. So I don't know if that means they're just going to try and wait it out until uh, TCU might actually catch a loss. I just, I think, it would not surprise me if they put USC over LSU just because I really do think they're fishing to try and find a way to get TCU out of the top four, which I think would be USC over LSU just because I feel like LSU is going to lose to Georgia. What do we think about Clemson? I don't know, man. I just – Clemson hasn't looked good at all this year. And they the are, only they time they looked good was in that three-week stretch between like Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State. Like that was their best stretch of the season, and then they started looking like crap. Yeah, but, but even then, like all three of those teams flamed out. Florida State's on the rise. Florida State's pretty good, but the other teams have flamed yeah. out for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, I'm just saying, out of the whole season, that's their best stretch was that was those three or four games, whatever it was, and then they started going downhill once they started playing. Syracuse and Notre Dame. Um, I don't know, man. Like, again, if, if we're going to sit here, the, the question for Clemson and the argument that Clemson can ever make is, one, LSU has to lose to Georgia. Michigan has to lose. And um, so, you know, that leaves two spots. And so you're going to have to hope – TCU loses and hope that you can get in. Okay, here's the question that, that I'll have for you, okay? Michigan's out. Michigan loses to Ohio State. USC wins out, so they're in. They're at like three, right? So it's Georgia, Ohio State, USC at three. And then the fourth spot comes down to a one-loss, say, one-loss TCU. Maybe, say say TCU loses this week to Iowa State and goes and wins the Big 12 championship. Or maybe they just lose in the Big 12 championship. So you got one-loss TCU, or are you going to pick a one-loss conference champion in Clemson? I think if TCU loses their conference champion, uh, conference championship, 
I think they would put Clemson in over them. But if TCU is a one-loss conference champ, also like Clemson is, I think they would put put in TCU. The problem for Clemson is North Carolina losing this week really kind of screwed them because that was supposed to be another check mark for them, another top ten team that they were going to play against and probably beat honestly. But I don't know. That's like it just felt like that North Carolina really North Carolina loss really hurt Clemson because I. Like I said, like it's just it's hard to look at Clemson and think that they're one of the four best teams in the nation right now. Even if you say that they win the championship or they win their conference, it's just it's hard to look at them that way. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's basically impossible to look at them that way. I don't think anybody really believes that they would have a chance with <laughs> anybody that's because I mean, I would say outside. So we talked top six in the AP: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, USC, LSU. Then to me, it's a big drop to Clemson, like big drop. Yeah, you know, no, I agree. And I think most teams that are even behind them, Alabama, Tennessee, Oregon, even Penn State and Washington, and Notre Dame's already killed them. I think all of those teams would beat Clemson as well. I 100% agree. I was just about to say that because, like, even that entire group, Alabama, Tennessee, or <clears throat> Oregon, assuming everybody's – Hennon Hooker is healthy. Obviously, he's not. But if he was healthy, I would say Tennessee would beat them. Alabama would beat them. Oregon would beat them. I just – like that's the whole top ten right there. I don't think Clemson could beat a single one of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree so. with you with that. Um, so as we're going into rivalry week and the week before conference championships, um, what is your prediction as of now? What it is going to end up being uh, after conference championships? What do you think the top four will end up being? So again, you're gonna basically gonna be uh, making uh, predictions for the next two weeks, basically. But I think, what you think might happen and end up in shaping out. And I'll ask you this question again next week before conference championships uh, to get your final thoughts before they're released on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, if you had to pick what the top four will end up being after conference championships, what do you think the top four will be? Gosh, dude. Hmm. I think it's probably a pretty easy for you to be, say Georgia, Ohio State, one two, right? I think it'll be Georgia, Ohio State, one two. Then I think it would be TCU at three. Mm, man. And then honestly, like I would have a hard time not saying it would be Michigan at four, because I, I think they lose Ohio State. They obviously won't be playing in their conference champion championship. So they would still only have one loss. I do think USC takes a loss at some point in the next two games. Yeah. So I would go Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Michigan. It feels really gross. So you so think, don't you like think it. a one-loss Michigan would get over a conference champ Clemson? Yes, I do. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not like they have a better win than Clemson, but I just Michigan has like, like I said, like here's I just, what I'll say: like Michigan has to win this week to get into me, no matter what, yeah. because their schedule is so god awful. It is bad. They, it's like, terrible. They, it really. They is. have one good win, and that's Penn State, which they blew out. So kudos to them. Other than that, they hadn't played anybody. Now. That would probably be the one thing that you can say to Clemson is that, hey, we have a better win because we beat beat Penn State. 
Clemson is – And even with this, it's Penn State at 11 and Clemson's best win is against what, Florida State at 16? Yeah, if, if, if we're, so is that if really we're that going by rankings now, yes. If we're going with how the rankings yeah. are as of now. If you, if you want to even look at what the rankings were when Clemson played these teams, I mean, you got 21 Wake Forest, 10 NC State, you got 14 Syracuse right now – in uh, North Carolina is still top 15 in some polls. So it honestly really depends on how the committee is going to look at some of these teams that they play. Like how much, how much do you factor in, you know, when, what they, what these teams were when they played, like how they were ranked. Like, I don't know what that really looks like for them. Like, I don't know if they go off of what, okay, this team was ranked this at this time. Or do they say, hey, these teams are not ranked now. Like, that's the only thing that matters. That's really, I think, to me, the big kind of question is, do you give them any credit for beating NC State when they're at 10, even though they're not really ranked right now? Like, that, I guess that's really the question when it comes to Clemson's resume, right? But I, here's here's another, here's, I guess, a follow-up. Do you find, do you, like, Obviously, the to us right now, as we sit right now, the only way a two-loss conference champion gets in to us probably is LSU, right? Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so let me spit out this scenario for you then and see what you think. Georgia wins, LSU's out. Michigan loses, TCU wins, and Oregon beats USC in the Pac-12 championship game. What do you think about Oregon? Do you think Oregon as a two loss Pac-12 uh, champ? They're at 10 right now, right? They have good wins. They just beat a good Utah team. They beat UCLA. Um, the only losses they have is to Georgia and to a top-ranked Washington team. Um, they would have beaten a top-15 UCLA team, a top-15 Utah team, and a top-10 USC team in the Pac-12 championship game. Do you think they have a shot if they went out and Michigan loses and LSU loses, obviously. Do you think there's a chance for a two-loss Oregon team to jump up above Michigan and get that four spot? I think it would depend on how good they look against USC. Like, if they go out and beat USC by four touchdowns, three, four touchdowns, then I could definitely see it. But if it's a close game, I don't think they would put them in as a two-loss champion. But... I mean, like, if they went out and they blew out USC, then, yeah. Because, I, I mean, at that not? point, you're probably thinking USC is a number five team in the country by the time that they play. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Maybe even top four because Michigan or Ohio State would already lose. So. What do you what do you think they do if LSU actually wins? Ooh, that's a question right there, Mason. <sighs> that's a question for sure. Again, like. We're again. We're both under this assumption that USC is going to lose, and if that happens, LSU's in. Yes, like no questions asked. Yes, the hairy part becomes LSU wins and USC wins out. What do you do? That that's really the, what it comes down to, man. Because <laughs> you're gonna have like <laughs> as much as I kind of really hate to say this. Georgia's in no matter what, which I don't really feel good about that personally because I just, I don't know. I just don't like that. Like, no matter what they do, they're in. Like, I pers- that's just a personal thing. But 
everybody's saying they're in. No, I agree. Okay, they're in, even if they lose, right? Ohio State's in because we think they're going to beat Michigan, right? TCU goes undefeated. They're, they're in. And then you got that last spot, man. Do you go with LSU beating the number one team in the country and the SEC champ, or do you go and put USC in as a one-loss Pac-12 champ? That's the thing. And, and if I'm LSU and I was rooting hard for UCLA, that way we could just get all of this out of the way after TC, after Tennessee lost and I don't have to care about TCU and after I was hoping to get freaking USC out of here last week. But, like, that's the question, man. Like, if LSU somehow wins out, you almost I, almost the weekend ha- of your I did, life. dude. I did. <laughs> Tennessee thought they had the weekend of their life. <laughs> Frauds. Um, but, like, again, I find it like i just feel like it's set up you're set up to fail being a two loss champ going up against a one loss champ i just feel like you are and so i feel like if usc wins out they're gonna have at least good enough or comparable wins with oregon and with ucla to be able to get I i don't think they're the same as obviously beating bama and beating georgia but they're close enough to where they only have one loss, and so they're not even going to need to get to that point, and they're a conference champ. So I think just the committee is just going to put them in by default, and LSU is going to be left out of five, which then I will be going off and going ham of why all these people that are saying the regular season is the best thing and you're going to ruin it is complete and another bullcrap because apparently conference championships don't matter. I'll let LSU this year if it happens and I'll let Penn State a couple years ago. So... So here's another thing. If USC does finish out, they win their next two games against Notre Dame and then what we would assume to be Oregon. That's Notre Dame's ranked 13 right now in the AP. So that's another notch in the cap for both of them. I just like, like I said, I said this last week, I just find it really hard to believe that they would leave out the SEC champ, even with two losses. And the two, their two best wins being against Georgia and Alabama, I just like, I don't know. I I don't that see that happening. That is when Twitter will break. Even, I mean, it's gonna be close. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get real messy if that happens. All right, so let's assume let's assume it does happen. Yada yada yada. Ohio State beats Michigan, and we can just assume that TCU goes undefeated, and just say that USC takes a loss for fun. Do you think they would put LSU over Georgia, ranking wise, in the top? I four? don't think it. How do you, I mean, like, how do you justify that if you say, okay, well, we just beat you head to head? How are you going to say that? I don't think they should rank higher personally. I don't think you should. Yeah. But it would be so hard. (laughs) Part of it is like, it's also kind of looking at matchup. Do you want to, would you, as LSU, would you rather play TCU or would you rather play Ohio State? You'd much rather play TCU, man. Oh, TCU. You'd be like, hey, we deserve that three spot because we just beat Georgia in a quote unquote neutral field. Give us the three spot, okay? We want our ticket to the national championship. Give it to us. <laughs> and then let Georgia and Ohio State battle out and hurt themselves and, and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll take the and then we'll go in and Brian Kelly will win his first national championship in year one at LSU and just spit in the face of all the Notre Dame people that said that he couldn't win the big one. Notre Dame. This would be a storybook ending reason. Oh, dude. I honestly, dude. If that actually happens, like 
I might be a little unbearable to be around <laughs> for you uh, during that whole run, dude. <laughs> I knew you would start getting your hopes up. Listen, I if you're if you're gonna give Last me week, these, you to play it off. <laughs> oh no, I don't think so. Honestly, oh, like, no, honestly, I th- and I kind of thought this last week, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. I honestly think we have a legit <laughs> chance against Georgia. We'll talk more about it next week, but I think we have a legitimate. Okay, well, I think yeah, we have I was about to say. Okay, so I think we've gone down enough rabbit holes with the playoffs so far. <laughs> Uh, and the rankings aren't even out yet, so who freaking knows what's going to happen? Um, and I'm sure we will be texting back and forth as they are dropping tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whether I am in the car driving down to Orange Beach or not, doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, let, let's move on and let's talk a little Heisman and then we'll get really into next week or this coming week's games because it is rivalry week and it's Thanksgiving, dude. Turkey, turkey, gobble, gobble. Eat lots of food. Let's freaking go and football. So it'll be a great time. So let's talk a little Heisman. Whenever we talked last week, <clears throat> We were, uh, hi- I was at least trying to hype my boy up, uh, Drake Bay, for Heisman, and he broke my heart and uh, <laughs> destroyed your dreams in fantasy. And um, yeah, so he's out. He's done. It's over. Entering Caleb Williams, dude. He had a game of his life. He looked great on national TV and prime time. And CJ Stroud just is there, you know? Feels like it's a two man race at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's just like I was saying earlier, I just I wish CJ Stroud would just win it. Actually take it instead of just being handed the Heisman. It just I I don't know how to explain the way that I'm feeling about it, but like I still feel like he's the guy right now. Like I still think he's gonna be the odds on favorite to win, but oh, it's getting a little <laughs> a little dicey. If he at has this a point. game so <laughs> Let me ask you this and what your opinion would be. If he has a game like he had against Maryland, like he had last week, against Michigan, and they win, but, you know, throw for 240, 250-something, one touchdown, like 18 of 30, not even, like, just over 50%, does he win? Uh, I think it still depends a little bit on what happens in the conference champion championship, but... Because I mean, that's like, like I, this is supposed to be like Michigan is supposed wins. to be his and and people talk you know his his Heisman I know we don't have video we're not recording but if yeah. you can just visualize me with the little air quotes as I'm saying this <laughs> the Heisman moment Michigan is supposed to be it for him and if he doesn't perform yeah like even if 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 Caleb Williams doesn't go out and win the the Pac-12 like. I don't know how you can't just give it to him because CJ just isn't performing well enough to actually to win it. Like you said, you know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, he's not performing well enough to actually go out and win it, but he's also not performing bad enough to necessarily lose it. It's just, just like, there. like if Caleb Williams goes out. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, he's there because he's there because of preseason right now. Yeah. And like, I mean, if Caleb Williams goes out and does the same thing in the next two games, then, yeah, then he deserves it. Like, that would be taking it from K- from C.J. Stroud. So, I don't know. Like, I I want to see somebody actually go out and win it instead of just coasting along and not losing it. That's where I'm at with C.J. Stroud. Spencer so, Rattler, man. I hope he takes it this week. <laughs> Get that out of here. <laughs> Good Lord. 
<laughs> All right, so that's the Heisman talk. Um, let's quickly go through fantasy, tell the people. Again, I can't win this season, guys, in the regular season. I'm sorry, I let you down. But I'm at least going to make it competitive. So, Mason, what happened this past week? You came out and let's you won. Let's go, dude. Let's go. Whatever. Whatever. It's just a participation trophy. I don't care. I'll take you, it. So okay. That's what we're that's what, that's what we have to look forward to. <laughs> but anyways, you won. Big week from Caleb Williams. My guy, Drake May. Yeah, we get we gave him the curse, up, man. So we we talked up North Carolina and talked up him in the in the Heisman talk, <laughs> yeah. and then you picked him on your fantasy. I mean, that was like the three three kiss of death there for him. We're yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Maybe next year. <laughs> All right, so since you won, you go ahead and throw your All lineup All right, so here is my final lineup for the regular season at quarterback, and I really hate doing this, and I kind of hope it's a curse. I hope my curse is a little alive for this one. But at quarterback, I'm going with Stetson <laughs> Bennett. I hate – I just – ugh, gross. But I, if I really gross. Like it. I'm kind of picking it, hopefully, hoping that my – Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stetson Bennett is Oh, he's awesome. so good, he's guys. So he's so good. Like – Oh, he, he's my best quarterback he, he's of all time. One of my favorites. I really hope he doesn't. Dark Horse, Dark Horse Heisman. I really hope he doesn't get hurt. Ha ha. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. You know, it's just, oh, love the guy. <laughs> Hopefully that works. Uh, at running back, I'm going with Trey Benson from Florida State. At wide receiver, I'm going with Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State. Uh, old Egg Bowl action on Thursday night. Let's go. Uh, tight end again at this point, guys. Like I, I really don't know uh, at this point, but I'm going with this guy called Jack Velling from Oregon State. And then at flex, listen, I gotta finally pick my boy Kayshawn. He's going up against Texas four and eight. It's time for him to go off with a couple of touchdowns uh, to end his regular season and get ready to uh, go up against the Bulldogs. So I'm going with Kayshawn at the flex. Nice, nice. So I decided I want to have a little bit of fun with it. So I made sure to pick Will <laughs> Rogers as my quarterback <clears throat> to try and counteract your wide receiver action. Um, then I went with Jace McClellan as my running back. He's just been going insane the past two weeks. And honestly, who knows if Jameer. Yeah, he's done. He's, he's, he's opted, opted out, dude. Opted out at this point. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, wide receiver, I'm going to go are with you still Josh trying Downs. To go, are, are you still trying anyway to, to like, give a curse to North Carolina here and just kick them while they're down? Or what, what are we doing? <laughs> No, no, I'm not taking a quarterback, okay? It's not the quarterback. And by the way, the quarterback is your curse, not mine. Get that out of here. But Josh, Josh, uh, Josh Downs dropped the basically game-winning touchdown for UNC last week, so I'm hoping he's going to bounce back. We'll see what happens. Uh, tight end, I'm going with Kate Stover. Just throwing a dart at the dartboard. And maybe he pulls it out with C.K. Stroud. Uh, who knows? And so my flex, I decided to just go opposite of you. And go with Malik Neighbors, the actual best wide receiver for LSU this year. So we'll see what happens. See you know these. Listen, I'm kind of glad you didn't you. pick Jare Jenkins, honestly, because <laughs> he uh, good. Don't even know who that is. He has more touchdowns than Malik, so it's fine with me though. <laughs> You're locked in. It You're sounds like he in, has more than so Kayshawn. Can't too. change now. All right, so that, that's fantasy, uh, and. Um, Listen, we got we got a last week here, and, and hopefully it's a good one, and comes down to a wire yet again here. So let's get go on to picks. Okay, we got a good uh, slate for you guys, and I thought we'd do a good bit of games with it being the last game time in the regular season. Uh, here's what happened last week, Mason. Like I, 
Like it was really bad for you. You went one and seven and one last week. That might have been the worst week that any one of yeah. us have had uh, all season. Uh, I didn't do too much better, but I I went three five and one. Uh, so right now the overall standings, you're up one game. Final regular season to go. Again, we're still going to keep going. So the standings aren't final until the last, not championship game, but just the final uh, weekend of the semifinals and all that. That's when we're going to do it because we're going to do bowl games and then we're going to do the the playoff, obviously, too. But here's where we're at. You're a game up with a good bit of games to go this week. How, how you feeling after your uh, your rough performance last week? I'm feeling like I'm choking, actually. I'm giving up my lead. It's not feeling great. I'm a little sleep deprived. Well, well, no. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe I can kind of get get the train back on the on the tracks this week. But I'm not feeling great about it. Well, uh, for my sake, I hope you uh, only go with one win again this week. That that'd be really awesome. Um, so. <laughs> We're going to start off with the Egg Bowl, Mason, okay? Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Uh, and for those of you that uh, aren't in the Twitter world or don't really pay attention much to college football stuff, apparently this random guy on Twitter that is apparently a beat writer uh, for uh, all the Mississippi, Mississippi schools and is a Heisman voter and something with the AP is reporting uh, that Lane Kiffin is going to resign on Friday and then be announced as the Auburn head coach. Um, which is, I don't know how legit that is. It sounds legit because of what his accolades are, but also it's not Pete Thamel or Bruce Feldman. So it's kind of, you know, we'll still wait and see. But it seems like that's going to be the case. So, you know, Lane is on his way out, it seems, at Ole Miss, and they're playing against Mississippi State, their rival. Ole Miss is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Mason. So what's your pick in the Egg Bowl? I'm going to go with, Mississippi State, actually. Um, just the performance from Ole Miss last week, uh, or from Arkansas, really, on, on Ole Miss's defense, uh, and Mississippi State having a better offense than Arkansas. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. Yeah, but Ole Miss also had over 700 yards, and Mississippi State has been crap on the road. And um, I'll say this. I saw like some tweets about Will Rogers, like, you know, breaking records and moving up in the list on passing yards and all this. Like, can we talk about a guy that has like the most empty, like stat sheet of anybody? The guy has beaten nobody and he has all these passing yards. Like they're just like, wait, like it's just like garbage time crap. It seems like, and you just beat bad teams. Like, and Ole Miss is a better team than the teams that Mississippi state's beaten. I'm going with Ole Miss and the lane train going out of Oxford as a winner. Uh, and beating the Pirate. And hey, listen, there might be two new coaches in Mississippi next year. Who knows? Because I've been seeing I've been seeing <laughs> no, some Mississippi no State fans no over way. the Pirate. So we'll see what happens, dude. <laughs> no way. No way. All right, we'll go. They will never find a better <laughs> coach than Mike Leach. I don't All right, let's it. go on. And hey, listen, we're picking a nice group of five game, okay? And this one's for the AAC, okay? Uh, Tulane at Cincinnati. Okay, Cincinnati is a uh, two-point favorite at home. What's your pick on Tulane, Cincinnati? Um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati just because they're at home, and I'm not necessarily a believer in Tulane. Yeah, I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. Uh, and now it's the game, Mason. Okay, Michigan at Ohio State. Ohio State is a seven and a half point favorite in this one. Um. 
And it's the game that everybody has been basically circling and looking forward to all season long. It's been talked about and built up, especially from last year. Um, the weather forecast right now is 46 degrees. So it's not going to be all snowy and junk like Michigan was really hoping for. Um, what is your thoughts on uh, on this one, man? I just don't think that Michigan is going to be able to keep up with Ohio State's offense, but that's also assuming that Ohio State's offense actually shows up. Uh, so I'm going to go with Ohio State, but I mean, honestly, it would not surprise me if Michigan covered. I don't think Michigan will win, but I, I am just going to go with Ohio State. Ohio State to win and to cover. Uh, I think Ohio State will win, but I like Michigan's defense, and I think they'll at least cover the seven and a half. So I'm going to go Michigan to cover, but Ohio State to win uh, in the game uh, on this one. Next, uh, we got another one here. Uh, my uh, South Carolina Gamecocks, okay, going on the road after destroying <laughs> the frauds of uh, Tennessee, and they're playing Clemson. And Clemson is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. What's your pick on this one, Mason? Is it just going to be a giant letdown for South Carolina and they're going to walk off a ledge? Or are you still going to hate on Clemson uh, and thinking that they might lose another one here? Last time I picked South Carolina, they absolutely crapped the bed. So I'm not doing it again. I'm just going to go with Clemson. 14 and a half 14 is, a, and a, half is a huge number. And because it's such a huge number, I'm going with South yeah. Carolina. And this is my upset watch of the week, man. My upset watch is South Carolina going back to back against a Clemson team that we both think is garbage. Okay. I re- we're both really not big believers in Clemson. And if South Carolina could put on a performance like they did last week against Tennessee, I think they can really win this game and blow it open. But I'm at least going with South Carolina to cover the 14 and a half on the road. Next one, again, most of these are rivalry games, so we're going Louisville at Kentucky. Kentucky with a disappointing loss and offensive performance yet again against Georgia. They are a three and a half point favorite at home against Louisville. What's your thoughts on this one, Mason? This one might be a little sneaky. Yeah, Louisville had a big. And it was last without week. Malik. Um, they didn't have Malik Cunningham last week, and they beat NC State. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they can do it again. I would probably go with Kentucky, even though I don't feel great about it because I just Kentucky's been pretty bad this year. Um, but I think they would be able to pull it yeah, out. Yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky Louisville. as well. I think their defense is just going to be way better, and uh, I think it's going to be Will Levis's last home game. I think that matters. It's going to be. Uh, Chris Rodriguez's last home game, and they had some good things happen for them. They just couldn't push through and finish drives against Georgia. So I, I like Kentucky here. I think they'll win as well. The Iron Bowl, Mason. Okay, it doesn't really have as much hype as years past because Alabama has been eliminated for a couple weeks now, and Auburn has been bad. But, hey, they, they're winning with Cadillac, and maybe by the time kickoff, they already have announced their new coach. Hey, what if? What if they announce Lane Kiffin <laughs> on Friday and he's on the on Saturday? That would be brutal. <laughs> brutal. That would, honestly be, that would be hilarious. That would be such an Auburn thing to do, to hire your coach and then with your team the next day. Uh, but Alabama is a 21 and a half point home favorite against Auburn. This one's always kind of weird. There's There's been only a few years where it's been a complete blowout. Um, do you think this one's a complete blowout, Mason, or do you think Auburn will keep it close and lose uh, with honor? 
No, I absolutely think this is, think this is going to be a blowout. This game is not at Jordan Hare, so we're in the clear for anything stupid happening. So I'm going Bama by 100. <laughs> going Bama by 100, and I have to kind of go against you here. No way Auburn wins. No way Auburn wins. Do it. But I think they'll somehow keep it within the 21 and a half. Whether it's right at 21 or not, I don't care. I, I don't think it's 21 and a half. Either. So I'm going to go <laughs> Auburn at least to cover and how they want to win. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, we're going to go next to the Silver War out west with Oregon at Oregon State. This one has conference championship on the line. Uh, Oregon has to win this week or have a Washington loss. Um, we're actually going to pick that game at the very end as well. So Oregon is a three-point road favorite against Oregon State and Corvallis. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a tight line, but I'm actually going to go Oregon with big. Oregon big. I think they could win it by yeah, I think they probably could honestly. too. And, and I, I think a lot of it, though, really depends on how healthy Bo Nix is. Um, he, he played pretty well last week, but it was obvious he was hurt. If he's healthy and really ready to go, I also like Oregon to cover, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won big either. Um, but I, I think that's really going to depend on uh, on if uh, on if Bo is completely healthy for sure. Mason, it's LSU and Texas 4-8 and eight here, okay? I'm really <laughs> hoping this isn't just a huge letdown, but uh, I don't think it will be. LSU is a 10-point favorite on the road. Uh, I don't know if there might be 13 people in the stands. I don't know what it's going to look like for Texas 4-8, and eight, but they're a 10-point home underdog. What's your pick? I just cannot pick Texas A&M, especially with A-Chain not playing. So I'm going with LSU. Uh, gosh, I can't begin to describe to you how funny it would be if LSU actually lost this game. I know that would break your heart probably. But Listen, it would really we would be getting up, into this, hey, it's this kind of constant ride for me. It's like maybe believing for next week. And then it would immediately <laughs> crash and burn. And it would be horrible. And then I would be like, there's no shot <laughs> for next week. No, but that would be... That would be great for you though, because it is a roller coaster. So that means you're just going to go back up and probably be, be <laughs> Georgia. I don't. Would you sacrifice a Texas A&M loss? Honestly, for I don't a Georgia so. win. I really, I really, I really. What is it, Mason? With all the crap that has happened with A&M, I honestly hate them so much now at this point <laughs> that I do not want to lose to their worst team in like three decades. Okay, I don't know if I can Gosh. really do it. So I'm. I don't think I would let you live down not allowing Texas A&M to be the worst team in the SEC. So by I am going LSU big in this one. Um, next one, Tennessee don't have Hendon Hooker. They're going on the road to a surging Vanderbilt Commodore team that's won two in a row and needs a win to become bowl eligible, Mason. Okay, bowl eligible, Vandy. Who would have thought? But they're a 14-point home favorite against Tennessee somehow. <laughs> I don't know if Vegas forgot that Hendon isn't playing or what. What's your thoughts on Vandy, Tennessee? Give me the Commodore. I'm going baby. Vandy I'm going as well, Vandy. man. Anchor down. We're believing. Okay. 14 is way too much without Hendon. I don't care how good this Joe Mixon guy is. I don't care if he has a cannon on his arm that can throw to freaking outer space. But uh, I'm going with Vandy to at least cover. And, dude, if they can win, like, just think of this, Mason, okay? Just think of this, okay? (laughs) On the year that Tennessee beats Alabama, they lose to Vanderbilt. How amazing would that be? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh Don't man. Remind me. I'm already having to live through them losing <laughs> to South Carolina. All right. We got two more for you guys. Notre Dame at USC. USC is really fortunate that they're they're home this year against Notre Dame. Uh, USC is a five-point home favorite. We're both thinking USC will trip up at some point. Do you think this is the week they do it against Notre Dame? I have been riding the Irish, so I'm going to keep it up and trust that they have my back again. You know, I have been such a hater for Notre Dame all year, and it's because their fans have been so pissy about Brian Kelly in the offseason at the beginning of this year. And they've kind of quieted it down <laughs> a little bit. And so, you know what? I'll throw you a bone. I've been going against Notre Dame a lot, and they've really oh, no. they really hurt me. Oh, no. So I'm going to go with it, and I'm hoping <laughs> I'm going Notre good. Dame. And I think they beat the Trojans and in the playoff hopes. Uh, for USC. So I'm going Notre Dame here. Okay. <laughs> I feel a lot worse about my face. This is the one that went one in seven. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last game that we're picking. And this one could again possibly have uh, uh, conference championship ramifications, depending on what happens in Corvallis. Washington has to win to at least have a shot. Washington at Washington State. Uh, Washington is a two and a half point favorite, which seemed a little low, but again, it's a rivalry game and you know, you're in the Pacific Northwest. So who knows what the weather is really going to be like for a team that likes to pass it around the yard, like Washington does. Uh, what's your thoughts on Washington at Washington state? Yeah, I'm going to go with Washington in this game. Um, I think they're going to have to come out and, I mean, obviously win the game because they want to get to the Pac-12 championship. Uh, I don't think the game will be that close either. I can see them winning by probably about 9 to 10, give or take. Yeah, I'm going with Washington as well. I think they win and cover just because of what's on the line for them possibly uh, because you got to win to at least make it and at least give yourself a chance no matter what Oregon does. Um, So I'm going with Washington as well. So those are all of our picks uh, for this week. And um, before we get out of here, Mason, uh, we didn't really talk much about coaching stuff. What's your thoughts on Lane Kiffing seemingly being uh, the the next Auburn guy? Yeah, I mean, look, that's going to be a really good hire for them. I I hope for Lane's sake he's able to get the kind of autonomy that he wants and have the program to himself. Don't know if that'll happen. It just seems like Auburn – they're the boosters can't get out of their own way. So that'll be interesting to see what Listen, happens. I guess that. the, uh, the Dion to Auburn talk is now officially dead for you. Look, it's not my fault. They're hiring. <laughs> Listen, the Dion guy. talking yeah. to Colorado and South Florida. What, what are your thoughts on that, dude? <laughs> uh, that's pretty gross. So he's just putting his name out. Maybe next year. Hey, listen, <laughs> maybe he gets, maybe he gets hired at all. Maybe Mets. next year. Who knows? Why not? not? It makes sense, right? (laughs) All right, guys. uh, That's it for us, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. And um, Mason, do you have any final words that you want to leave with the people? You all good? Nothing at all. Okay. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next installment of Down to the Wire. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. And hope you guys eat lots of turkey. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. 